You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, let's get right to it. Welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah, we I'm got, ready to get to it. We got a lot of ground to cover. Mm-hmm. You're ready to get to it. Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking we'll some time. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but seriously, to the SMR Nation, we are so grateful that each and every week they spend some time with us going through what goes on in married life, how to make the most of it, the different stumbling blocks and gridlocks and issues that we have. And we've got some doozies today. Okay. Um, So it should be a fun conversation that we get to have alongside my wife, Pam, as always. Glad to be here. Each and every week. Where we're trying to just have straightforward conversations. And what we need from the SMR Nation is your questions, your thoughts, your topics. And you can call us at 214-702-9565. Or you can email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Because the inbox pings away each and every day. And we love it because great conversations are taking place. They can really help people. Because one of the truth that has happened in the eight and a half years that we've had is mm-hmm. um, if somebody's struggling with something and they're willing to say, hey, here's my issue, you know other people are too. Yeah, time after time. It's, ah, oh, thank God somebody asked that alone. question because that was my struggle too. And if you like what we got going on, jump on iTunes, rate and review the show, leave a comment or on Spotify, Google Play, however you listen to us. Um, we're so glad and thankful that you do. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a couple of your questions and our answers. And again, these are going to really be around the the topic of gridlock. Mm. Okay. Because we've got some real specifics that are at play when you're talking about uh, interests and desires and wants from one spouse versus another. Pretty common issue, right? And then coming up in the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. We're going to do a deep dive into, I guess the easiest way to describe this, Pam, is chore play versus foreplay. Okay. Yeah. You've had some episodes on that in the past, haven't you? Like with Shannon. and Yeah, it's been discussed. It's been a while, though. Uh, We're going to go a slightly different way because one of the things that keeps coming up in married sex is this dynamic when the higher desire is the husband. Chore play just doesn't work. Right. Right. Because this is one of the things I just had a client um, not too long ago that the topic came up and she said... Yeah, we've we've heard about chore play and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, so let me ask you a question then. Because he actually is the one that mentioned it. And I okay. looked at her and said, let me ask you a question. So if you come in to your kitchen and you see your husband washing the dishes, does that mean you immediately get engorged and all lubricated? And how did she respond? Uh, no. Like, well, exactly. <laughs> so there is an element of foreplay for foreplay, which we've done a show on. Right. And that could maybe fit in that component, but that's as far as it goes. And if you want more, join us in the extended. All that's coming up on today's show. Thank you guys for your show. I really enjoy listening and I've learned so much over the years. I've been married for 12 and a half years. We have three young kids. My husband is definitely the higher desire in our relationship. And over the years, 
he's um, shared with me a lot of his desires and fantasies and asked me to do different things. And many of those things I've been able to do and even had fun doing. However, there remains a small handful of things that I just really struggle with or that are difficult for me to do. For instance, swallowing. <laughs> that is something I've just always um, struggled with. It's something that has to do with textures and tastes. And this was brought up for my husband and I, um, the idea that, well, that he has said, if I love him and if I know that those things would make him really happy, why do I struggle with doing them? That if I really loved him, I would actually love doing those things for him. And I've tried to explain to him that it has nothing to do with loving him, that it has to do with taste and textures, um, that he just doesn't seem to understand. And um, I feel that if he really loves me, um, why would he ask me to do things that I'm not comfortable with? So recently, um, we had an argument, and he brought up an ex-girlfriend who would do things for him sexually uh, without him having to ask and just to please him. And he admitted later that that was wrong to bring that up, but it really hit a chord in me, um, that old argument, that old fear, I guess you could say, uh, this issue, if I really love him, why I'm not doing things that I'm not comfortable doing. And I don't really know what to do with that. Um, it leaves me feeling that no matter how far I've come sexually and how hard I try and how much I've learned and even how much I am doing, it's not enough and that I can never fully satisfy him. <clears throat> it also makes me feel that it's all on me, which makes me feel overwhelmed and sometimes even a little depressed. Um, so I would really love your guys' opinion on this and what to do with it. It seems to be one of those issues that we just come across over the years and neither of us knows what to do about it. And it truly brings up a fear in me and an insecurity that I cannot satisfy my husband unless I'm willing to become the porn star I feel he wants me to be. So I'd love to hear what you have to say on this. And thank you so much for all you guys do. Bye. I got to get in before my wife, Pam, because if we were on video, <laughs> the facial expressions from my <laughs> wife yeah. during this voicemail... Um, I think she's probably capturing a lot of women in the SMR nation that are in the same kind of scenario where they're lower desire, they're pressured to do things that maybe they're willing to try some, maybe they're not even willing to try, but it brings up these feelings of inadequacy and these feelings yeah. of... Yeah, I'm trying to stay unbiased here and on the side, but... Well, I'll I'll be but, honest too, uh, because there is an element of this that... Um, I, there are times when couples do these different things like this, where it's almost like I'm trying to take a moral high ground and I really don't have a high ground, but I'm using that as a, as leverage and who are you saying is taking the high ground here? I'm not going to go him? on either side at okay. this point, but, okay, but usually we feel justified is... in what we want and therefore we're willing to manipulate and cajole and demean even to oh, try to get what that goes we want. to the if you love me you'll do this exactly and point. that's the kind okay. of stuff that really starts to tick me off because that's the that's the tyranny of the lowest common denominator stuff right right and so to get that out of the way right out of the gate um, is I think what we got to level set this because they both are playing the card of well but if you love me 
you would do this. And she's playing the card of, if you love me, you would respect my desire to not do it. Right. Hence, gridlock. In essence, that argument doesn't work. Correct. Loving, loving one another isn't, that's not what this is about. Right. This is, I have a desire for a sexual act that my spouse doesn't want. Right. And that's all it is. Right. It's not, I do or don't love you because I will or won't perform it. So that, um, right. Is, if anything, I hear from her, her willingness to stretch and yeah, grow yeah. and try because there is an element. We've heard this from some of the couples in the academy that have said they both have tried to take the stance of, we'll try anything once. Yeah. And then yeah. just see. Because if you get into it and you're like, you know, no, that's just, I can't, it, it didn't do it for me. And so then at least I was willing to get out of my comfort zone and lane and test it. That's in love. Yeah. And once you start to get these roadblocks or these different issues, like she's talking about, it's the taste, it's the texture, mm-hmm. and some of those components, I, she just can't get over that and can't get beyond that. Then it becomes a respect thing to me. This is not love. This is respect. Okay. And so to me, you shift this argument into the world of, am I self-respecting in how I am handling my side of it? Right. Right. Because when I come at it with the, yeah, but if you would do this and, you know, because that pressure is just there. That's the one truism of gridlock Mm -hmm. is that pressure. You cannot avoid it. So a respectful move is to lean into it and be able to say, you know what, honey, I realize this is a desire and an interest of yours. No, I'm not going to get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. It seems there's more, always more to the story than what plays in here. There is. And, and I'm just, there's little things that I heard in her wording and some of the things that she talked about that make me think there's, there's a bigger issue there, right? Obviously him bringing up the girlfriend topic, that's a bad move. That's a really bad move. Yep. It sounds like he knows it, but then again. Yeah. The things that we say in the heat of stuff. Really? does cause a lot of collateral damage and you usually they're just what in, you're saying is it they're just intended to hurt but that brings it's it's a fear tactic right and so when it's out there that brings fear in a spouse yes and that doesn't go away either yes i mean he she okay. hears it she knows it and here's the other thing that i tie it into though go and be, because i her the one of the last things she said was referencing making me feel like a porn star. Okay. Okay. So if I'm bringing up comments about my old girlfriend, she's making reference to feeling like a porn star. Or being being pressured to feel being like pressured one. Pressured to or feel perform like, like one. one. Yes. Uh, there's more of a dynamic on there. There's on probably there, right? some other story and, and they, built into that that, that matters. You're for right. her individually in her own okay. self So then let's let's pivot this conversation. Okay to the subject of validation. Okay. Because he has this pressure to want to be drank in. That's a good way to kind of think of this. Okay. Of it's a loving thing. Why would you not want all of me? Okay. We've talked about that in the past. I remember shows where that phraseology has been termed. Okay. Specifically when we're talking about the subject of swallowing. Mm-hmm. Because there's a deeper meaning sometimes built into that. Okay. But what you have to ask yourself, and I don't know if he's a listener or not, but what he has to ask himself is, 
what is the validation I get from somebody willing to do that to, for me? Versus, can I still see myself in the same sexual prowess, novelty, eroticism, power, whatever, that it's not diminished if that's not done? Because that's a self-validating stance. It's a preference of, this is what I would love, but if she's not, then I can fall back on respect of, you know what, I care about my wife more than that. So that's interesting you say that. I guess I think of um, you know, sexual acts like that, like swallowing. I, I guess I don't really think of that in a validation state of mind. It, to me, it's more of uh, this is something kind of well, okay. erotic that... So let's go global then with the whole concept just to set the framework since you're not going where I'm thinking at this point because there's probably other people in the SMR nation that aren't either. Um, We have to be willing to ask ourselves the different acts and things I want to do. Mm -hmm. What's the validation I have tied to it? Is it always about validation or is it just about, I think this would be fun? Could be just that point. But in those are typically in more of the self-validating side of things where it's just, I want to do it for the pleasure, for the experience, for the fun of it, the novelty of it. Okay. But if I'm digging my heels on something that is not being done, there's usually something deeper tied to it. Gotcha. And saying, if you love me, you'll do this because yes. I want to do it. Because then it's, I'm trying to manipulate my way through this gridlock. Okay. She has the same kind of validation thing that she's talking about of, I feel like if I don't do these things, I am less than, I am not all... I was. I couldn't satisfy my husband, which first Mm -hmm. off, ma'am, I don't think another human being is designed to satisfy fully another human being. Yeah, we got (laughs) to, we truly have to find that from within and with our God. Right. That's something that that he has to come to grips with. What you guys experience is the bubbling over of both of you and your solidness and your stances. That's where you do get into the playful, fun, pleasure without the strings attached without as much pressure okay but her her needing to confront am i still a confident powerful sexual being even with the pressure my husband has for me to do things and my willingness to not do those does that diminish my power and who i am no and that comes down to self-talk how i view me how i validate me and what I then present, because that's a more power move. Right? Yeah, I'm thinking on it. Sorry, my I'm, silence is no, just processing fine. here. Um, I guess it's hard to feel like you've got... Well, interesting, it is power. She said, I'm overwhelmed because it feels like it's totally on her. Yes. Which in essence means she has the power. I don't think she wants that power, though. She doesn't want that weight on her shoulders. Right. But then how do you start to see this through the lens of this is not about the acts I will or I won't do with my husband. This is about what I am and what I do with my husband. This is me and who I present as, as me, as all of me. Mm-hmm. It's like I can perform these acts or... You get, a, you get a chance to have sex with a full-grown, fully-functioning, powerful wife. Yeah. And maybe that's even deeper that knocks his socks off. Maybe so. And then it becomes, it's not about what we do or don't do. It's about who we are. Because that's where I think married sex gets to be really, really great. 
Mm-hmm. Is it's not about the genitalia. It's about what the, who the genitalia are attached to. Right. And that's what I think is being pressured here on both sides of this equation. So how do you get rid of the act in a sense of that's not what we're fighting about? How do I see this as a chance for my own self-development to come forward and be able to look my husband square in the eye and say, honey, we've talked about this. I'm not going to do it. And if you feel like that's unsatisfactory to you, okay, I'm willing to take that risk and let's see what you do. Because that's the bolder way yeah. to confront it of I'm not trying to control somebody else, which they both are trying to do. Okay. Right? It's a manipulative. Okay. I'm trying to get, I just, I'm trying to make my own space. I'm trying to get what I want. That's a control yeah. move. I guess I wouldn't call it manipulative. They seem to both be laying it out on the table. Well, is there manipulating going on? There's when attempts you, at when it. You, when you both say, <laughs> they're definitely attempting it. I guess maybe that's the girlfriend <laughs> comment, right? That's sure. A, that's a manipulation. That's right the reaction. There. Yeah. So instead, it's just how do you see this as this is self-development opportunities for me to step into this dynamic better and realize, OK, I need to stop the litmus test of can I ever satisfy my husband hmm. and instead change it to if he's not satisfied with me, that's kind of on him, not just me. Hmm. And that's a different power dynamic. Yeah, it's a totally different perspective let us know how it goes too or or if there's more information to flesh out yeah because this is a deeper one obviously because there's some other things in there it sounds like but um let us know 214-702-9565 so along the same lines of the gridlock idea pam Mm -hmm. there's an email that just came in um from a husband saying i just recently started listening to the podcast and it's been a blessing the honesty transparency and depth of the way you approach the topic is of sex is a breath of fresh air. So thank you. So recently, I listened to the podcast and introduced Intimately Us, the app you know that we just launched, which you would want to go to intimately.us if you're new to the SMR Nation. I'm adding a little plug here for a second in the midst of this email. Well, this app excited me to, to engage my wife around the topic of sex. I've always been the very high-desire spouse, and she's the low-desire. Also, I've always been the one to initiate any conversation about anything sexual. Most of the times, conversations die quickly, and she just ends up asking, why do we have to talk about sex? I know that they are not alone in that kind of exchange. No, they're not. (laughs) It goes on. So as I brought up the Intimately Us app, and the heart of it reaching both high and low desire spouses, she looked at it and within two minutes made the statement that she's not that type of person. As we talked further, she asked me, Why can't just having sex simply be good enough for you? This was really disappointing because our sex life is driven by her, one to two times a month, same two or three basic positions, etc. As I attempt to lovingly engage her around this, there is a wall after wall. It is discouraging, makes me want to just set aside this area of our life. But I know God wants it to be a blessing to us, but it just is not. I know I cannot be responsible for her heart towards this area, nor can I be the one to change her heart. How would you encourage a husband to love his wife well in the midst of seemingly diametrically opposed sexual drives and interests? Thanks for your wisdom. Because we did not figure out an app with Intimately Us that does solve that problem. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If we did, uh, hello, island home. (laughs) Right. An island that we could own because this is one of those big issues every couple faces on varying topics and degrees. Right. Okay. You're right. 
So uh, let me ask you this, Pam, to start this conversation. As the lower desire wife and to speaking for all lower desire women out there. The pressure, the pressure. <laughs> yes. What are some ways, because this is one of those things that you are, it's, it's already known you're married to somebody. This is obviously coming up against her self-view, her identity, if you will, of what kind of person and sexuality and sexual being she is. Mm-hmm. So is there something in the manner in which the approach can be done that would help? Because we've been down this road we, over our years. Yeah, yeah. And the approach, the approach makes some difference, but uh, the biggest shift came when I had the eureka of the intimacy level that you wanted with me was not about sex. And I think that that came from just a few years of us just um, living a better life okay. and, and kind of standing on our own two feet. I didn't feel like I, I needed you to su- support me for um, all these things. You know, I started looking at um, what's my role in things. I started doing okay. some self-examination and, and then and realized, uh, and I've said this before, I realized at some at one point I wouldn't want to be married to me. Okay. And, and so a lot of this comes from someone's got to realize things for themselves and who they are in the relationship. Yes. And I... I'll say that you led the charge in this, right? As we went through our journey, you led the charge in becoming a more whole person, a um, person okay. whose focus wasn't, I, I, if it wasn't always about the bedroom before I felt it was, or I felt it was more about um, being able to be eye candy for you all the time or something like mm-hmm. that, um, you know, back from the, the porn struggle. Mm-hmm. So I think you led the way in a charge of just number one, being fun to be with, being able to be fun and not have pressure of the sexual side of things. This really rings true in the how you do life is how you do sex and how right, you do Right, because that pressure is life. there. It, she knows it already. Yeah. Right. And she is controlling it because she's the lower desire spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, for us, it was you taking a good lead. Okay, so let me let me jump in here because okay. I think what matters in this because this is since he's the one that's emailed in, I love the idea of trying to set the framework that w- what your journey is because I think that that can aptly describe with some variations what a lot of lower desire wives are faced with and mm-hmm. what could be a possible journey, what could be some things that can help, and this is where girlfriends can come in. And just some dynamics to have some places to just talk yeah. on some people that are pro-marriage and hopefully, God willing, pro-sex. Yeah. Right? Because it's great to have some people like that in your life. But there's also this component of to the husband, to the higher desire. You have to be willing, because this has been my journey, you have to be willing to look at how am I approaching my sex life with an exchange-based philosophy? Mm. I'm treating you a certain way. I'm providing a certain thing. I'm willing to do the, you know, I'm doing all of these things. And in exchange, you owe me this. It's almost an entitled. Yeah. Because you said I do, I am entitled to this. And I don't want to get into the larger story of the the, 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 right. the, the 
conversation about that when it comes to marriage. Right, right. right I want right. to get into the nitty-gritty nuances of it because a lot of times what we do is the higher desire spouse will initiate or instigate a conversation or an act. It gets rejected. They then harbor resentment. That resentment starts to wreak, at, wreak havoc and come out in the ways they treat them, and then yet they keep coming back thinking it's worth having sex with them. Yeah. Right? That's the concept of if you get rejected— the best thing you can do is you can be disappointed. You can show hurt, but be careful to not pout, get angry, get petty. Mm-hmm. All th- Well, two of those were mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not an angry no. person in a lot of ways, right, in my right. life. But pouty and petty, yes. That's a <laughs> language I can understand, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> so it's recognizing that's how my resentment would rear its head which then further ingrains the dynamic between us. Right. So one of the things you've got to do is, is, and this is where I love the playful, fun concept of applying that to life. How do you bring this towards a wife that I don't see myself this way? I'm just not that type of person. So husband, how do you then live and treat your wife as if she is? Hmm. Right. And it's just, a, it's just a level set and a paradigm shift of I'm going to treat you as if you are. And just kind of assume that and let that come through in the respect and the gestures and the words and the content of what you talk about. Not having it be contingent on does she engage you in it, but seeing it as a success of did you lead it there? And if it yeah. bombs and it fails, so what? It's no different than what you're facing already. Right. Except for the fact that it might be a lot cleaner and more self-respecting. And I think that that is, it may go without saying, but I think I have to say it. Um, that is a long game, right? Yes. If I If I have that mindset for a week and don't see any kind of change, <laughs> right. and I go back to my old way, well... Right. Uh, that that's not going to work, right? We if right. we really want a life change, it's a life change. It's not a temporary change. Right. And it's so the coupled with that then, thanks for bringing that up, Pam, is it, I got to see myself as a person that's able to do that. Yeah. That's not as tied to does my partner engage in this? Does my partner respond to this? Does how do I see it as I've got a baseline relationship of what's going on? It's it's two to three times, basically, it's one to two times a month, two to three positions, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay? So how do you see that as, all right, it's one to two times a month, but I can instigate it for four. And those two that maybe don't happen, I still feel better about myself for having instigated it towards that. Mm-hmm. That's a better use of the pressure that is already there, because this isn't something we solve. In essence, I solve myself in the midst of this pressure of what I'm trying to solve. Right. And so how do I see that as I start mastering myself and what I bring forward to where what I'm offering, that it's respectful. You know, if the sex I'm offering to have with my spouse is, is based in respectfulness and goodness, mm-hmm. then I have nothing to apologize for or be shamed about. Right. And instead, I start challenging myself to see it as she's missing out. She's got a great opportunity. And this is where I can start. The pressure then is calling them for more Mm -hmm. in the sense of, I see you as more Mm -hmm. than that. 
And then you see the little steps that happen because I think that's the changes that make it, that happen. Cause a lot of this is talking deep in the core of somebody. Well, and when you're referring to this, we keep coming back to the sex, 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 which is what the podcast is about. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it's gotta be everywhere. It's gotta, yes. it can't just be about that. Life is not just about sex. A marriage is not right. just about that. And so it's got to be the whole gamut when we're talking about how we're dealing yep. with the kids or what we're going right. to do for so this. All right. So let, let's end it with this, because this is a good tease to set up where we're heading with the extended for those of you that are in it. And if you're not, smrnation.com forward slash SMR Academy, it's where you can join us. Because one of the phrases I'm going to use to unpack a lot of what we're talking about in the extended content is um, this whole idea that sex is negotiated in marriage mind to mind okay it's a deeper level going on and this is what you're touching on here in the sense that how i'm living my life is what's the foreplay not the moves or the acts Uh, yeah it's who i am yeah at its core okay okay i just want to talk i do and well join us in the extended content (laughs) okay i hope to see you there pam (laughs) i'll be there no matter how many episodes we do, Pam, we can't solve gridlock. It's always there. <laughs> it's it's just, always there. It is just one of those things that's just inherent and built into marriage. And as Schnarch talks about it, gridlock is not the end. It's actually the beginning. It's an it's interesting a, way to look at it. It's a chance to take on yourself because it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything's going wrong. A chance to grow up. It's a chance to take on myself and deal with it better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully earn myself better. Right. Which then I give my partner the willingness to see if they have the courage to earn me as well. I like that. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone, we went a lot of ways tonight or today. Whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Whatever you are, wherever you are, whatever you've been doing. Thanks again for taking some time out of your week to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.